This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who is probably wondering if they would ever just let Viserys die, Ryan Nelson. Justin, another time jump, and somehow Viserys is hanging on by a thread. And Christian Cole hasn't aged a dang day. <laughs> day, my gosh! It must be nice to have his healthcare plan. I know, seriously. <laughs> yeah, he's still he is still just as young as he ever was. Uh, Viserys, you know, he's he's a skeleton at this point, but you know, Christian so, Cole yeah. is he's still kicking strong. So, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the eighth episode of House of the Dragon. Actually, seventh and eighth episode. Uh, if you are new or regular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast. And you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level. And when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by writing us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leaving us a leave us a five star rating. And if you have time, write us a review while you're there. And if you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right, so uh, we've uh, obviously we haven't talked about this show. You and I haven't talked about this show yeah. since episode five, I guess, is when the last time we talked yep, about it was. Yep. So uh, real quick. Uh, this is the first time that you've gotten to chime in on the new actors. Everybody, look, they've gone through a couple of, they've gone through a couple of durations right. of actors on a few of these people. So uh, I know that was a big concern for you going from the teenage Allison and teenage Rhaenyra to the adult uh, Allison and adult Rhaenyra. So what have you been thinking so far since we've made the jump? I had nothing to worry about. You were right all along. These girls absolutely killed it mm-hmm. olivia cook emma darcy are as good as the prior uh the prior actors at this uh, at this part they're awesome they, they are they're are good awesome olivia cook especially just the pure evil that she has continuously turned yeah. into mm-hmm. every episode uh, well, what's great about so- what's great about her yeah she has this pure evil thing going on but there are times when they reach back and get that innocent sweet teenager that we've saw there are times when Mm -hmm. they they go back and get it and that's what makes her performance so impressive throughout the course of this it's not the fact that she's just completely evil she's gone completely 180 degrees the opposite way it's just the fact that yes she is taking on a lot of her father's a lot of her father's ambition a lot of her father's desires but there are those moments where you see that little girl that we saw back in with Emily Carey or what, yeah. um, when she was playing the role. Right. Well, and then let's shout out Emma Darcy because uh, Olivia Cook kind of looks like Allison. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Emma Darcy looks nothing like Rhaenyra. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like she is Rhaenyra. Yeah, she, she is. is. She in that part. She is fully that part and just as impressive, if not more. Uh, like you said, I, I should have never worried. These two are in capable hands. And give us like six years of these two, please. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know how this whole story plays out. My understanding I is eventually, I guess eventually I'll have to die eventually. But that's, uh, it'd be nice if we got these two for quite a while. But who knows? Who knows where that's going to uh, end up playing out. So, 
All right, uh, let's just talk real quick about the previous week's episode. Um, the previous week's episode was the funeral for Lena uh, Valarian, and that's where also Eamon gets his dragon. Uh, there's the big showdown between the children, and in the midst of all of it, we couldn't see all the, pretty much you know about 20 minutes of the entire episode. So, right. Uh, what were your Hello, thoughts? Hello, darkness, of- my old friend. Yes. I'm watching Game of Thrones again. <laughs> again yeah. Um, so, what were your just general thoughts? I mean, you know, I will say this. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I do a, every time I watch the show, unless I'm watching it in a, a different room than the main room. My main television, our living room television, I can hook up my Bluetooth headphones to it. And I always do that because I want to make sure I hear as well as I possibly can. Last week, when they were actually doing the funeral and they were doing like, and it was outside with the waves and stuff, I couldn't hear it either. There were some. There were some real technical issues last week. Well, I wish I had. You're doing the right thing with the Bluetooth. I needed that this episode because Viserys. Yeah, Viserys. Several mm-hmm. times he spoke. It was very low, and somehow my wife has keen hearing. She heard the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's the reason I do it is because I can't. Yeah. I want to make sure I hear this really well. I mean, I do it whenever yeah. I'm listening to anything. I don't hear just real well in my right ear anyway. Right. So I always try to have those headphones on because otherwise I have to like crank it way up. But last week, like I said, with the waves crashing, the mixing was just bad. Then you get the yeah. whole darkness thing. That was another issue altogether. Yeah, last week, last episode was really just it was just great i mean i i remember telling somebody i was texting like this show just gets wilder every episode yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i was going to shout out my uh Tyrion lannister was going to be leo leo ashton who was uh aemon targaryen i mm. thought he was fantastic yeah, he, was mm-hmm. he was great i was also going to mention that I I found out two things: never invite Damon Targaryen to a funeral. Yeah, true. <laughs> and and never and never take a knife to a dragon fight. Yeah, that's true. That's the never you never wanted and that either. Also, we should have seen what was coming this episode because the sea snake Lord Corlys had a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. The last episode, he was almost my Tyrion Lannister, but he wasn't in the episode that much because I. I really felt for him because he loved his grandson, even though he knew they weren't his. Oh blood. yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Cause he had that great line about people don't remember uh bloodline. They remember family. They, rem- you know? they, they don't remember blood. They remember names. That was a line. Cause that also names, yeah. was a time. I think that's a time in Lannister line from the original yes. one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. And I just love, you know, he was just saying, and he was helping this, the you know Jace and Luke the whole time, and mm-hmm. how much you know he was he was mentoring them, and I was just like, wow, what a great granddad! And then of course we should have realized, oh, of course something bad's yeah, gonna something happen. Something bad's gonna happen, but, obviously. Yeah, but <laughs> he's coming back. I, I I got I got faith in the sea snake. He he will be back next episode. It is interesting that they don't ever actually show him dead. That is right. That is interesting that they basically get through this whole thing and that you you feel like he's they don't ever actually come out and show his death. They don't ever show him actually dying. So that's that it was yeah. an interesting well, part of this. Well, I remember when I was reading prep for this uh, the show, they make it sound like Lord Corlys Valerian, the sea snake, is one of the greatest warriors in all of the game of thrones realm Mm -hmm. so that's why when they said i can't imagine someone coming back i was like oh he's gonna survive (laughs) because that's what we hear because you know also one of the prequels 
they have signed up for is him as a young person. Oh, really? I didn't know that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the prequels that they're they're doing. So I, I, I feel good about it, and I hope so because Steve Toussaint is just he's been, yeah, he's really good. Fantastic! What what a great actor, and I, I hope this really helps his career because I, I can't imagine him being around too much longer. But he, he was really good. But you know, last week you know, we talked about this. I don't. I can't remember now these episodes with the time jumps. It's hard to keep up, but I think it was episode two or three. We talked about, you could just feel the tension and everything bowling, bowling mm. up. Uh, that was the last episode as yeah, well. It was. And it's spewing out. Yes. This it episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, let's go ahead and kind of get into episode eight here. Uh, episode eight is called, uh, what is episode eight called? I had it pulled up just a second ago. Let me see if I can find it again real quick. Uh, it's called, I think the, uh, the Lord of the tides. That's what it is. Lord of the tides. Um, this, he's not from Alabama. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and say that right now. But, um, but no, this is a really good episode. It's a, it was a, a compelling episode. It's one of the better ones. If you ask me And really since going back to the original game of Thrones, just because there is, these are the ones where they really shine in terms of the acting that they get, the people that they sign on for this, and just the storytelling. Because, look, there is look, there is valid, valid criticism. And if you are one of those people that says, I'm struggling with this because these time jumps are just too much, there is a lot of valid criticism in that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because I actually spoke to my brother today, mm-hmm. my youngest brother, Russ, and he was like, I just can't get into it with the time jumps. And it's understandable. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Because we have a, yet another time jumps. It's been at least six years because they say it's been six years since uh, yeah. she sent yeah, her. Yeah, Renisa say, says that. Yeah, so obviously it's been at least that long, possibly a little bit longer. Uh, so like I said, if you're struggling with the time jumps and you can't get into the show for it, that is a valid criticism. And it is one. Look, I don't know if they've started writing for season two or not, but they've got to figure out a way to tone that down. Uh, look, yeah, I personally, yeah. I don't have an issue with it, personally. But I can see why people do. I can see why people are having a hard time getting connected to these characters. I can see why people are having mm-hmm. a hard time getting connected to the story because every time you start to get kind of comfortable with it, they make they go six, seven years in the future, and you don't really know what's all happened in that time frame. I mean, Rhaenyra's now got two other children with, with Daemon Targaryen, and she's got a third one on the way. Uh, I mean, so like I said, they, they've they got – I know that they feel like they've had to do that this first season because they needed to set the stage for what is going to take place with this Civil War, which looks like it's going to actually start next week. Um but it is a problem. I mean, you can't you can't Absolutely. you can't continue to do this and expect people to stay connected to the story. You, you just can't. Yeah. And well, well, that's one of the reasons I think Game of Thrones really called on mm-hmm. is because how great the characters were and the performances. You know, by like Peter Dinklage right. and uh, I can't. I don't know how to say Jamie Lannister's name, Nik- Nikolai. Yeah, know, I don't remember his name. But like, to, to ca- that was one of the reasons. And you keep switching. You know who is a character? And let's just mention this: Dario got recast. Mm-hmm. He was on one season. He was Daenerys's right, you know, right hand man. 
the second Dario didn't catch on as much because he was a huge character in the books, from what I understand, because they recast him. Right, exactly. And so people had trouble catching on, even though the second Dario, fantastic actor, that Michael Huseman, who's gone on to have Mm -hmm. a very good career, one of the better careers of the people on the show. Right. Uh, And, like, people didn't catch on to him like they should have because they recasted the part. Right. And like I said, so I mean, they're they're going to have to figure that issue out because they've got to slow they got they got they've got to slow things down, and maybe they will in season two. Maybe they can now that they've kind of got this entire thing yeah. set up. Maybe they can slow it down because, like I said, it is it, it is a problem. I mean, I, like I said, it doesn't bother me, but like when I listen to like people like uh, Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan when they're discussing on the watch, they they have real yeah. issues with it, and that's the one yeah. reason that they haven't really gotten into the show like they did the first one. So um, well. I don't even want to talk about Greenwald. I could go off on him. <laughs> he is he has changed so much since he wrote his own show. So I don't even want to get on that tangent. But I kind of feel like they wanted us to get to Viserys Don. Yeah, I feel did. like that was the whole plan. They knew Viserys died when he was an old man. Right. I think they were like, let's get the first season to that. Yeah. I, I feel like. And I feel like we will hear this after the season's over. They're like, yeah, yeah we, we knew we had to get him done. Yeah, if, if I'm hoping that they, they've they got, like I said, I mean, the show is extremely popular. I mean, it's still doing very, oh, yeah. very well. I mean, a lot, there's tons of people watching it. So, I mean, it's not that... It's not that it's doing poorly. It's not that it's uh, that it's a overall problem, but it has held some people back. Uh, there is yeah. a there. This show has this show as big of an audience as it has, and as good as it has been received, and as well as it has been received, it's still there's there's an even larger, more successful version of the show if they could have figured out some way to not have all these time jumps in it. So, like I said, it, yeah. like I said, don't want to don't want to harp too much on that, but it is something that we haven't talked that much about. But as we've gotten further and further into this thing, it, it's something that we really truly do need to discuss a little bit more because of the fact that it it is a bit jarring. I mean, it it really can be. I mean, we yeah. started off with no children with Allison Renier, and now they're all adults for the most part. So, right, uh, and they've gone through like three sets of actors on all of them um so let's go ahead and just like talk in general what we're uh, discussing here so it starts with corliss valerian being the news made it to driftmark that he has suffered a grave injury and as we have mentioned earlier we don't ever actually see him die we don't see his dead body we don't see him his tune cast into the waters by driftmark we don't ever see that but they seem to have really hinted at the fact that he's about to die um yeah. and while that's taking place his brother what is his brother's name farron vayman 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 is and he sucks. yes he's kind of sucked since the beginning i mean he was the and one that wanted to like offer up uh damon in the original in episode three uh he's kind of sucked since the beginning but basically he's like you know what i know that that's those children by rainier are not our blood i know they are the strong children they're not actually hurt they're not actually uh valerian children and i'm not going to sit by and have driftmark go to one of them i want it for myself and that's he's basically going to challenge rainier's children because and he sees an opportunity with Viserys being as ill as he is and with uh, Allison basically ruling at this point on her own and alongside the uh, the hand of the king he's like you know what I've got an opportunity here and I'm going to try to take advantage of it and this is the, and this is setting the stage for what is basically the entire episode um yeah and and Rhaenys 
doesn't really fight him. No, she acts doesn't. like she's going to go along with it. Yeah, because she never was just real thrilled with the idea of of Lucerus taking taking the Driftmark throne. She wasn't real right. just keen on that idea. It was it was Corliss, her husband, who was like, no. I mean, we even mentioned that line a second ago. He, he when she's trying to plead to him that it's not your bloodline should be the one that actually sits on the throne. It should be it should go through Lena. It should go through Lena's children, not through uh, Lenor's children. And he says it's not names that it's not blood that the history remembers. It's names and. He is. He doesn't care the fact that these are not technically right. his grandchildren. To his credit, it is a wonderful thing. Uh, he yeah. is. He is standing by those children. He is standing by them. There's some ambition, personal ambition there, because he. Wants well, I was going to say he he saw his wife get screwed, and yeah. he's like, "We ain't doing this again." Right. Yeah. Like I said, so there's there's some personal ambition there, but. But like I said, it still speaks highly of him, the fact that he is willing to yeah. to know, just like everybody else knows, that these are not actually, you know, Lador's children. Uh, and he's willing to stand by them. And so, like I said, kudos to him for that. But yeah. uh, Rhaenys is like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll stand by her. Maybe I won't. So there, everybody's head to King's Landing. Everybody's got to go to King's Landing. Uh, like I mentioned a second ago, we've got uh, two additional children for for uh Rhaenyra. she's got two by by uh Damon Targaryen uh what were the names of the two children I don't remember uh one was jo- Joffrey right well Joffrey was now her third child with with uh, oh, strong okay. uh one yeah, was when I hear the name Joffrey I'm like Ugh. <laughs> one was the the youngest oh, one is Viserys the one that they just had yeah. and I don't remember was what it, the other one was uh I think it was Aegon it was Aegon that's right it was Aegon so it was Aegon and Viserys and we don't know what she's going to name her third child uh but nevertheless these are Valerian children. They look like Valerian uh, Targaryens. Yeah. Excuse me. These are Targaryen children. They look like Targaryens. Obviously, you know Matt uh, Smith as Damon Targaryen. Whatever bedroom issues he has, he seems to have solved them since he's gotten all he needed was a niece. And all he appears. needed was his sweet little niece. That's right, uh, George. You are a sick man. I'm going to say it again. So, uh, like I said, uh, things seem they seem to be happy. They seem to be things seem to be going well with them. But th- she also knows that this is another problem because they are going to continue to question the legitimacy of Luke and and Jace and Joffrey for that matter. Even though we don't talk that much about joffrey um because joffrey doesn't stand in here or anything and you make a good point this is the first episode that damon actually looks happy yeah he does Mm -hmm. he looks happy i mean uh (laughs) i will never forget i I need to talk about this i love damon targaryen i love him so much we're sitting in uh, at his wife's funeral because uh what's uh, corliss's brother's name again i forgot uh vayman vayman is like Throwing all kinds of shade ever near at this funeral. Uh, when he is talking to, when he's giving like the eulogy, yeah. and then and Matt Smith just can't help but laugh while oh, he he's doing laughing. it. I yeah. mean, he's like, "Oh yeah, this is uh, this is bad." But uh, do, not, do not bring that man to a funeral. Yeah, no, do not bring him to a funeral whatsoever. Even his own wife's funeral, don't bring him yes, to a funeral. Yes. So, uh, but this is the stage that's being set, obviously, and you've got. Uh, Alicent, who is having to deal with the problems of her own oldest child. This is the interesting thing to me, is because she knows, obviously, that Aegon, Aegon, if he were to take the throne, if he were to take the throne in place of Rhaenyra, 
He's going to be a terrible king. I mean, right. he's going to be absolutely awful. She even says at one point after she has confirmed him because he has basically raped this, their, yeah. their, I guess their nanny, I guess is who, who, yeah. who it is. Yeah. Uh, she is, he has raped their nanny and she says, you are no son of mine. Uh, obviously the one who is truly got the stuff of royalty is Amon. Amon is the one yeah. he is. I mean, he is like his uncle. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to mention a couple of things. One, I'm just absolutely shocked to find out that Aegon is a sexual deviant. Who could have possibly, <laughs> could have seen, possibly that seen that coming? Let's let's, then, let's give Titanic I, some credit though. He he oh, played he him for two was episodes. Fantastic, loved him. He was fantastic. The son of David Tennant. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was fantastic. And the new actor is Tom Flynn Carney, mm-hmm. who looks younger than Eamon. Uh, yeah, he does. He looks younger than Eamon. And you know, I thought uh, Leo Ashton had a punchable face. And then we meet Ewan Mitchell. <laughs> as Ewan, I will say this, though. Ewan Mitchell, he's intimidating. He's an intimidating. He's very intimidating. Yeah. I mean, he's got the snark down. He's got the he's got the he just that chip on his shoulder. I mean, he is. I mean, he looks wow. like he looks like Damon. And he, he, he comes very much from that same that same cloth as, as Damon does, uh, but like I said, so we're kind of getting reintroduced to everybody. So we're, our reintroduction to to Aegon is, you know, he has raped his his nanny, and they're basically having to kind of send the nanny away. They they pay her off, and they give her this tea that apparently makes you have an abortion. Uh, so that's our reintroduction. Mo- moon tea is what it's called. Moon tea. Thank you. I, I forgot what it was called. So she gets the moon tea. She drinks it. Uh, Allison has to go confront Aegon again, and he's kind of sniveling. I mean, he, I, I don't like Aegon at all. He's just awful. Uh, he's just yeah. absolutely awful. But this is our reintroduction to him. Our reintroduction to Jace and Luke, they're kind of wandering around. Uh, they're wandering on King's Landing, which has been completely redone into oh, yeah. the Seven, the God of the Seven, uh, to Hightower references. It looks like basically a no. a new Hightower castle is what it looks like. Yeah, no, nothing. They took, they got rid of all the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. So all I, of and I was going to say, Jace and Luke, I, and I think they're going to become much bigger characters. These may be the heroes heroes that you were waiting for. Maybe. They, they, they kind of feel like that's a possibility with them. Yeah, right now they, they look overwhelmed. Uh, they, they look really overwhelmed in their circumstances. They look like they have to kind of be protected from their, from their uncles, uh, Aemon yeah. and, and Aegon. But we, you kind of got that same feeling from Rob Stark in the original yeah. one too, and he eventually became a pretty good guy until he's obviously yeah. decided to marry the person that he fell in love with right. instead of the person he was supposed to marry, which is for another time and another place. But like I said, it, this was our reintroduction, to everyone, and the one reintroduction that we get to to Aemond is when he's fighting Sir Kristen Cole, and he is just the, as much of the warrior that Kristen Cole is at this point. Yeah. And that's yeah. a problem for the two nephews. That is a very bad problem because we do remember Christian Cole was the best fighter in the land. Yes, he was. And, and now and now 60-year-old looks like 28-year-old Christian Cole. <laughs> that's right. It's still pretty good, but not as good as Amon. And right. That's scary. Yeah, it is. It's it's very concerning for both for for both of them. Uh, so, like I said, everything's been set. You've got... Uh, Vayman is Vayman, right? 
Yeah, Vaymond. Vaymond has basically pled his case to Allison and to the Hand of the King. They are now in the throne room, and Vaymond is basically, I mean, he's, he, he is basically falling short of just actually calling them bastards in before yeah. the Hand of the King. And she's he's pleading his case. Rhaenyra is getting ready to plead his case, and once she does this, the doors to the kingdom, the doors to the king's hall, to to the throne room, open up, and Viserys comes walking in. And it is in, to the people to game to House of the Dragons credit, they make a man who is walking in on a cane, completely yes. hobbled, seem as majestic as you possibly can. He really did. And this is let's praise him a little bit more, Patty Constantine. What a performance this whole series. He has been he, the, he's been the under he's been the most underappreciated character probably yes. in any television show because uh, he has been fantastic. He has just yes. been a com- completely fantastic. I have, he, he will be missed. Yes, he will. Because he has a role that is it's he's basically I mean what they're basically doing with him is they're showing yeah, he's not been a good king. But this is a yeah. really good dude. I mean, he wants, yeah. he loves his family. He loves them despite the fact that they are truly they, that he pretty much knows they are going to try to kill each other once he's right. gone. Uh, and yeah, and I like I like the one. I was sad when they showed his model that it had cobwebs and right. just mm-hmm. had been abandoned. But I did like how when he realized that Renera and Damon had come to see him, mm-hmm. he did kind of light up a little he bit, did especially a little when bit. he mm-hmm. noticed, when he noticed Damon was there. Right. Like he was, he was happy. And, uh, like you said, he, he was struggling walking, but he wasn't going to stop him. He no, was going to get on that throne. He was like, Hey, Otto, get out. Right. Exactly. Like I said, it was just, a, it was an incredible scene. I mean, I, it was so weird to sit there and watch because, like I said, I was sitting there watching. It was like the man. There is nothing majestic about this man anymore. Nothing majestic yeah. about the man. But the way that they bring him in, the way that they have the music, the way that they uh, have everyone just realize how. I mean, the fact that when you when you think about if you're sitting in that throne room and you understand what it is taking for this man to do what right. he's doing is. Just incredible. I mean, let's. I mean, it. Continues. Well, you you mentioned this like in the first episode. At the end of the day, the chair literally killed him. Yeah, it did. All mm-hmm. those sores mm-hmm. and they spread to other parts of his body were started because of that chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. I mean, the, is the being king is what ends up killing him. I mean, uh, like I said, it's a literal and a, and a uh, symbolic death that he's going to basically be very suffering as king. Yeah, it is. It's very Shakespearean. Uh, but let's uh, let's also point out the fact that the reason why he's really still alive is because basically Alicent and uh, Otto realize that as long as he is alive, as long as we just keep filming, feeding him milk of the poppy which is basically morphine as long as we keep feeding him milk of the poppy Rhaenyra can't stake her claim to the throne at any point so we're just going to do everything yeah. we can to to artificially keep this man alive for as long as we possibly can uh and it like I said, it's just really sad the way that his he has yeah he has cr- crumbled i mean that's literally what is happening here he is yeah. literally crumbling before our very eyes but like i said this last bit of of power, this last bit of of this power display that we get from from Viserys to basically put his stamp and say no, uh, 
my, my grandson, Lucerus, he is the rightful heir to this throne in Driftmark. He will be he will be the one who will take the throne. He will be the one who will take Corliss's as Corliss wished it, as Rhaenys also continues to uh, continues to confirm that claim. And like I said, little little bit of smart planning by by Rhaenyra beforehand to you know say, hey, I'll marry my two my two sons yes. to those two grand to those two granddaughters of yours, and we'll make sure that things are. Even if even if they aren't Valerian blood at this point, they will have Valerian. Their children will have Valerian blood. So, you, like I said, it kind of takes care of all that, to, uh, to say the least. So, like I said, really well played. But obviously, uh, what uh, uh, Feymor is like, nope, not going to have it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. like, and he finally comes out and says that he's before God and everyone. He declares Luke and uh jace he declares them both bastards he says luke will never sit on my throne it is not we do not he does not have my blood and that's when that's just that's the moment that david targaryen is just waiting for he pulls out his sword yes. and cuts his head off i was like wow <laughs> he can keep his tongue yeah that, that was a great line he can keep his tongue <laughs> and he was he was waiting on the moment to kill him yes he was he was uh, just waiting for yeah. it now you you skipped over a scene that we need to mention Rhaenyra mentioned met with Renice. Yes, mm-hmm. and she she mentions the, you know, the proposition which Renice kind of says, "Oh, that's a great proposition, but by the way, it ain't gonna work." Right. Mm-hmm. She made it look like she wasn't even gonna listen to that right. and mm-hmm. that Vayman. And I love how you know we've mentioned the relationship between Viserys and Renice several times that there really wasn't bad blood between them. Right. It was besides the issues of the throne, right. really, those two liked each other. And Vayman's up there running his gums, yeah. you know, and just not listening to anyone. And he's like, whoa, Rhaenys is the one who needs to be speaking for this. Right, exactly. You, know, you need to hold your tongue. Boy, will he... Uh, well, yeah, he got to. <laughs> and he did. Yeah, he did. So, so. Uh, you know, I, I was so glad that he let, he let Rhaenys speak. And... She did what we weren't exactly sure. She, you know, mentioned what Lord Corliss really wanted. So I was happy about that. Yeah, no. it made me, it made me happy for Lord Corliss, who I still think is coming back. But that that's what he wanted. Yeah, because that is what he wanted. I mean, let's have, like I said, she she honors his, she honors the wishes that he has, and the fact that their their throne, their their his birthright would go through through Luke like it was supposed to. Since since Jake was since Jace is going to end up supposedly being king if everything plays out the way that it's supposed to play out. So, um, after this scene, after we have cut off the head of, of uh, Feynman, uh, we have this scene in. I guess the I don't know where it is, but it's in the dinner hall, I guess, yeah, where you yeah. have Viserys has declared that he and his family will have dinner. They will have dinner one last time. You and basically he's making his final last plea to please. Can you people put this crap behind you and yeah. just be a family? That's what he wants for them. But there's so much. I mean. There's so much other stuff at play. And one of the things that I like is it really feels like Rhaenyra and and Alicent would be willing to like kind of bury the hatchet yes. on a lot of this stuff. I agree. But Otto's not going to let that happen. Uh, to a certain extent, Damon's not going to let that happen. And their children certainly aren't going to let that happen, more so than anybody else no, in this. Because no. uh, the children seem to be but. the ones that seem to be causing the problems at this point. Um, 
But one of the things well, I love... Well, punk, the, the punk uh, uh, high tower, well, I, they're Targaryen, but the right. punk kids aiming it, they're the one who started it from the get-go. Yeah, they started from the get-go, and they are continuing it in this one. I mean, Aegon is yeah. basically giving uh, Jace a hard time because apparently he has not slept with a woman, and he is giving him a hard time and basically saying, you know what, I'll come sleep with your wife and actually make her happy, Yeah, uh, which is all kinds of weird. Uh, then you yeah. got Eamon, who is just, like I said, I don't know what his deal is, uh, but he's like, I don't know that he wants to be king. I don't know what he wants, but he just wants to be a badass, well, I think, really, well, more he, so than He wants else. to kill his nephews. Yeah, he wants to that's kill his the nephews, one thing. Yeah. That's number one on his list. And, you know, I had forgotten that uh, Amon, uh, Aegon, Aegon was married to his sister. sister. He's married to his sister, right? Because I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, his wife is not happy. And then I was like, oh, God, that's his sister. That's his sister, and exactly. And I went and looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah. oh. And I will say this. I love his sister. His sister is... Yeah, she is great. She's fantastic. I mean, she plays with these spiders, and she says all these weird cryptic things. Well, I didn't, we didn't get any weird cryptic stuff in this one, unfortunately, from her, but... No, just an unsatisfied wife. <laughs> yes, exactly. An unsatisfied wife. That's what you get in this one. But like I said, him just heard these weird cryptic things that she's always saying. And apparently, she is prophesying whenever she says those cryptic yeah. things. I, I, I found that out when I was listening to a different podcast on this. So I really kind of want to go back and listen to some of the things that she's been saying when she's been playing with these bugs and stuff. But like I said, she's fantastic, uh, but she's stuck with a really awful husband and she has a really awful brother slash brother-in-law as well, I guess. (laughs) Uh, George, you need help. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But like I said, it's just, this scene is just fantastic because, because, like I said, he's making his final plea. And we basically see at this point that he is basically a skeleton. I mean, he takes off yeah. that gold mask and his he has no right eye. I guess it's his right yeah. eye or it's his left yeah. eye. I can't. It's his right eye. And yeah. he like has like a, a, a like no skin on his right cheek. It's like just Couple nothing of but teeth. Yeah. I mean, he looks as bad as you possibly can. I mean, he's about two inches away from actually being a skeleton that is walking around. But he actually looked happy when he looked around and saw everyone, saw the family enjoying themselves. Well, it's one of the few times in any Game of Thrones series that we've ever had that there was a happy moment where everyone was happy. The people that Rhaenyra and Allison are happy. Otto is happy. The kids are happy. You got Jace dancing with uh, with uh, I can't remember Aegon's sister's name, but she, he's dancing with her. Everyone seems to be enjoying themselves, and you know, like I said, it was it, it was, couldn't last. Okay, no, it couldn't last. But I was sitting there watching. I was like, we don't get this very much. We need to stop and treasure this moment because you don't get this very much in a house in a house. She's Helena. 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 That's right. Mm-hmm. It's a Helena. I forgot. So, like I said, we don't get this very often, and I wanted to just stop and like just pause it for a little bit because, like I said, you, you don't get happy moments in this in this yeah, show no. or series very often, and we're getting it. And but the moment that Viserys is escorted away, that's when it breaks again. Uh, Aemond can't help but be Aemond and be yeah. the prick that he is. I mean, he basically says one last toast and. He is complimenting them for a little bit, and then he calls them strong because right. obviously, you know, hey, I'm just saying you're a strong kid. But all there's nothing. What's wrong with saying you're strong? And obviously, the underlying impression is that he's not calling them actually strong. He's saying they're actually from the strong line. So uh, 
and well, it, I, I enjoyed that scene because we saw something that's going to happen. Because when Eamon came at those boys, Damon, Damon gets stepped up in, yeah, and he gives him a look like, "Hey, little buddy, right? Exactly. If you want to go, I'm right here. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to call it now. Those two are going to go at it. Yes, at they some are. Point. Yeah, I, I Damon feel, is going to whip his little tail. I, I feel like that is very going to very much be the case as well. I mean, it very much had a a uh, uh, I'm your Huckleberry type moment. It there. really did, man. It really did have that. I'm your Huckleberry. He had a similar look to what Val mm-hmm. Kilmer did because mm-hmm. he stood up like. I'm right here, bro. That's right. I am right here. And you saw Amon was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he's like, I'm not ready for that just yet. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I, I will be interested whenever they, the two of them decide to uh, cross blades because it feels like it's coming. And I, it's I'll, got to be covered. Yeah, so, um, like I said, so that all, that entire scene breaks down. But there's this one scene that is just kind of like thrown in here. We get Masaria again. Yeah, and like uh, we don't. She hasn't aged. She has. She hasn't. You're right. She hasn't aged, and she's got this assistant on the inside of of the castle. But my question is, what is? Why did they show us that? They don't show us. You don't show us that for no reason. Uh, it's, oh yeah, it's a very well. Quick, she and she doesn't. She mention. I heard there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. on at the castle. Yeah, that's yeah. It, she, that's yeah, what she says. Did, and did we see Lara Strong any? No, we saw him at the like in the preview for next week. We saw him. We saw okay. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. at first I was like, I was, I thought he might have been in that the the meetings. I can't remember right. what they're called, but I was like, the small council. No, I, yeah, small council. I was like, okay, I know he's age, but I don't think that's him. Right. But, uh, yeah, I do, I thought it was. I thought it was weird. But yes, she is about to. You could tell all along she was going to have a bigger part at some point, and right. it feels like it's coming. Yeah, because like I said, we haven't seen her since like episode five or something like that. And that's yeah, and briefly. Yeah, very briefly. And we get her very briefly here. And like I said, you don't show her saying this. You know, looks like it was an interesting night at the castle or whatever it was that she says. You don't get that. They don't put that in there for no reason whatsoever. There's something else. Yeah. There's something else well, boiling that I I don't see. I don't see where they're going with it, but they're going somewhere with it. We we talked about this before. I don't remember what episode, but I'm calling it. You, I think you said this. She's Melisandre. Yeah, from that, Game of like Thrones. I said, there's a lot. Of, I've read a lot of people they were thinking, you know, maybe that she is actually a Melisandre. That she ends up becoming uh, one and the same. And if she's not aging, you know, that would kind yeah. of lead towards well, that credence. And my my wife was like, "Well, she doesn't have red hair." I was like, "Well, you don't remember Melisandre was really an old woman. <laughs> she was an old, she, old, she decrepit took woman. The place of a redhead, right? Exactly. So, uh, like I said, I'll be interested to see how they uh, what that means because it's got to mean something. Uh, I don't know what be. it means, but it's got to mean something. Uh, like I said, I was wondering, like when that hooded figure was going up to her, I was like, "Is is Damon going back to her?" I thought That's he was happy. What I at thought this point. too. Yeah, I thought the same thing. But no, was it like, wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, it I was, was like, all right, Damon, you can't just behave for a minute. You seem happy. <laughs> yeah, but and he but it wasn't him. Yeah, and he seems to be happy. I think I think that he actually yeah. is at this point. So, but the the one of the reasons why I I stuck around to actually make sure that I watched the inside of the episode is because of this final scene at the end of the episode when Allison is basically kind of tucking uh, tucking Viserys into bed he's had his milk of the poppy he's he's high again at this point 
And he's talking, and he doesn't realize that he is talking to Allison. He re- thinks he's talking oh. to Rhaenyra, and he starts talking about the prophecy of uh, the fa- Song of Fire and Ice, and the uh, what's the prince? Uh, the Aegon, promised prince, the pr- uh, the promised prince, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's mentioning Aegon, and. Obviously, Allison hears her son, but she's not realizing that she's—he's not talking about her son. She's talking; he's talking about uh, Aegon the Conqueror, and she's kind of like picking little things here and out that he's saying, uh, and he does. She doesn't realize that he's actually talking. He, he thinks he's talking to her near, and that he's still talking about the prophecy that he's talked to her about for so long. And so she's using this as okay. Well, he wants Aegon to be the king. That's what he yeah. wants, and this is where right. we're. This is what's going to take us into episode nine it's what's going to take us into it and she's going to say that basically on his dying in his dying breath he changed his mind that he wanted Aegon to be king not Rhaenyra and this is where the civil war is going to start and it's how everything is going to unfold from this point on because they finally are going to kill Viserys in the next one it's like yeah. they don't even like hint at it. like the very first thing in the coming up next week is Viserys is dead so uh, uh, I was like uh do, do I really believe you this time? I think so. It, it I, I like think so this time, yeah. Well, I was going to say, if I don't know if you may have skipped over it, but the previously on, they show that scene they where, that scene. and I believe mm-hmm. it was in the pilot episode, where he told Rhaenyra yeah, the, it was. the dream of Aegon. Yeah. So, like I said, that seems to be what is going to be the crux of the episodes going forward um look i don't know what a what a freaking episode yeah it was it was it was a fantastic episode and like i said i I, i'll be interested to see how how this plays out i don't know how much they're going to kill look one of the things i've been a little surprised about because uh you know when i've been reading just trying to like do research on the show and stuff I keep hearing about these two characters called Blood and Cheese. I don't know if you've heard anything about these two people. No, you mentioned. I heard you mention it on the podcast. And I kept expecting them to show up, and they haven't shown up yet. Uh, so that's a little interesting to me because they're, they're apparently really large characters in the book. Uh, but they're like, they're like just this vicious evil people, <laughs> from what I understand. And like, I keep waiting for them to show up. Maybe they'll show up in season two. Maybe they show up here. But it's interesting that they, the way that they have taken these children, because. My understanding was like bad things are going to happen to kids in this, and I think they've basically tried to grow them up a little bit faster so that right. that when bad stuff starts happening to these people, they're not actually children because I don't think they were really yeah. ready to go down that road to actually show really awful things happening to children in the in this in this show. But I'm good with that. Yeah, I am too. So uh, I'm hoping that they keep it that way. But now the other thing is, Rhaenyra still has some really young children uh, that she has with with Daemon Targaryen. So I mean, yeah. we're we're not out of the woods on that yet either. So. Um, really, really good episode. Like I said, we're getting to the penultimate episode when it happens next week. Uh, you know, it feels like they're doing this thing, same thing they always did with Game of Thrones. The penultimate episode is going to be the one is going to be the big, huge, like, uh, you know, bombshell type episode and the episode 10 is kind of like deals with the aftermath of it it feels kind of like that way maybe i'm maybe i'm miscalculating yeah no, no, i think you're dead on with that so uh we'll we'll see what they do with it next week uh but that's kind of where it feels like it's the, the road that is going down so uh anything else you want to talk about before we get to our weekly awards 
I think I think we're ready for awards. All right. So here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we have three weekly awards when we are discussing a, a show in the middle of its season. Uh, the very first award that we have is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP of the week. Who is your Tyrion Lannister for this week? It's his last episode. It is. It's mm-hmm. got to be Patty Constantine. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. He was incredible this episode. He's been incredible the whole series. Someone... Give him another series and let him be the lead. He is a fantastic actor. Yeah, he's been very, very good. I've been very impressed by him. And this may have been his best performance of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, think you may be right on that. It, it, I, th- I really think that it was. It was just. Yeah, like, in fact, during during the scene uh, where he was speaking, where he was like, you're going to look at my face. Right. Uh, my wife, Kim, turned to me and goes, that's his Emmy. That's yeah, his Emmy uh, part. Yeah, yeah it, it very well could be. So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. He, Patty Considine, he's like I said, he's been the most underappreciated actor in a series probably that I can ever remember. Just because we talk so much about Rhaenyra, we talk so much about Allison, we talk so much about uh, Matt Smith and Damon. Right. We uh, Patty Considine has. Uh, I mean, he's been kind of the glue of this entire show. I mean, he has. He really has. So, uh, next is our uh, Agatha all along, the best scene of the week. What's your best scene for this week? So, mine was, uh, and you really talked about it uh, very well when, when, Viserys comes in. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does that. He does that walk. Then he starts falling, and he's like, I, I'm fine. Quit touching me. And but then Damon's he starts there. falling again, and Damon is there. Yeah. And he actually looks happy that Damon helps him. And Damon runs to help him. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they he helps him uh, go to the go to the crown. I mean, and then goes to the chair. And then Damon puts the crown on him. And it was like, man, I was getting goosebumps because yeah. it was a beautiful scene. And then also, if you've seen any interviews or these two became like best friends on this all during this. So, uh, it was nice to, for them to have that one moment. And, you know, this was, they had such a contentious, you know, uh, relationship through the right. whole thing, even though they both loved each other. Yeah. Uh, it, it was nice to have that last one moment of them together. Yeah. It's it, to me, that's, it, it, that is the best scene. I mean, the, like I said, not done correctly, not done well. That's, it's an incredibly unintentionally mm-hmm. funny moment uh, when you yeah, get this when you got this really old decrepit guy walking in trying to seem regal and important, but they did it well. They they did it extremely well. They they basically summoned every last bit of respect and every last bit of ounce of royalty that they could get out of him in the, in his current state. And they they did a marvelous job of, of displaying they that in, in this one last final episode for him. So uh, next is our if you come at the king, you best not miss the best line of the week. What is your best line for this week? Well, for most of the episode, I thought it was going to be. When Viserys said, "Ah, Viserys, that is a name fit for, for a king." king. Yes, <laughs> that I love that. Yeah, that was good. But then, Damon Targaryen had to do Dar- Damon Targaryen New things, thing. right? Off a guy's head and said, "Keep his dog." He could keep his dog. <laughs> yeah, that was mine too. It was mine too. We're in complete lockstep agreement on this one, especially when he has a smirk on his face. How how just pleased with himself. That's right. He cut his head off and he said the line that's right <laughs> and Keep his tongue. Prop, 
to them for where you could see his tongue still, still, in, his, still, his, yeah, still in his head. I mean, it's still kind of wiggling around there. So that was oh, just God. absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it, it, like I said, it was it was the best line. I mean, like I said, we were in complete agreement on all three this week. So, uh, and it felt pretty obvious. I mean, I will say this. Uh, other other moments i mean the the moments in the dinner uh scene was a was yeah. a good scene as well that would have been a it really was. good one is uh to possibly choose it just doesn't capture the the uh, it's not the great last stand that we get that that we got in the throne room for for patty constant yeah it's it's just yeah. not so all right. Uh, we also have a rating system here on the Main Attraction Podcast, five-tier rating system. At the top of our list is Game of Thrones. Underneath Game of Thrones is Lost. Middle of the Road Force is Friends. Beneath Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. You had been at Lost throughout the uh, course of the first half of the season. You were waiting to find out uh, if you wanted to kick up to uh, Game of Thrones with the new actors and everything. What are you doing with it after eight episodes? I think we're going to be in agreement on the four, four of the categories. Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is an incredible series. I'm going to miss it when it's done in two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be it's it'll it'll be a long wait to uh, yeah, season two. Yeah, it will two, be so. a long wait. Uh, I'm I'm with you. It look there are like I said, I completely I don't want to I, I don't want to undermine anyone who thinks who says you know what i just can't get in the show because of the fact that this thing just jumps around too much i completely agree with that and as a critic i probably should maybe ding it for that uh and maybe just say you can't go above the loss because of the fact that you are making it difficult for some people to watch you because of the fact that because of the fact there is such big time jumps but I just enjoy it too much. I, I love this yeah. show so much. I've got to give it a Game of Thrones. It is so yeah. very well acted. It's so very well done. And like I said, the fact they're making these decisions, it's a little head scratching to do it the way that they are. Uh, and I think it, look, I think it works for me personally, but like I said, I do believe they have, oh, yeah. I do believe they lost some people, but personally it's Game of Thrones. Like I said, it is just yeah. so fantastic. Well, I was going to mention too, you know, I know early on, uh, and one of our friends, Brian Haydad, like he's like, I'm not watching this, and I and I'm like, I understood at first because he was so upset about the ending, and I right. had some other friends, but I've told him and I've told the others, this is really good. Right. They know where the other people messed up in the last season. I don't think they're going to make the same mistakes. Right. I have full confidence in these well, showrunners. The people who made Game of Thrones, look, they get too they get too way too harsh. Right? They were never supposed. No, to, I agree. They were yeah. never supposed to write the last season. They weren't the last yeah, season. George, George took. 12 years right. or whatever. He still hasn't finished it. He still hasn't finished it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were they were under the pressure when they started that show that the books would be finished, they would have something to draw from because that was never their job. I mean, they were right. they are uh adapters. They're not they weren't writing the story. They were adapting the story for for television. And now all of a sudden they get to I guess that they said it's like kind of somewhere around season 7 is where where the book ends and they don't have anything to finish it with. And they had to go, they had to go and finish the story that George wrote. And then the fact that George R.R. Right. Martin says, you know what? I don't really like the way they did that. It's your fault, George. I know because like, you know, they had started, he had 10 years mm -hmm. and like you met, and I'm glad you bring this up. They thought, you know, in 10 years, he'd have it done. Right. And Silly he them. 
And he and, did. Uh, and and seven years later, he's still not done. He's still not done with it. So, like I said, I just don't, uh, I don't fault them for that. Uh, it's look, yeah. yes, there were tons of issues, but they were tasked with something they never thought they would have to get tasked with. They didn't think yeah. they would have to actually write the actual ending. When I mean, it wasn't their story. That's the one thing. I mean, yes, they were adapting the story, but it still was never their story. Now all of a sudden, they had to make it their story, and it's it's a difficult thing to have to do. So, uh, and like I said, I don't think they're going to. That's the one thing that they. Don't have with this one is everything is written for them at least in this right. one so you don't have to worry about that at this point so I, I feel like i feel pretty confident we won't have the same issues with that we had with game of thrones towards the end so all right uh let's go ahead and get into our recommendations before we head off for this week uh do you have anything you want to recommend to yeah, our I listeners have, i have three. Oh, awesome so the so the first one is uh confess fletch which is a the uh, reboot of the Fletch series. Okay. We, you know, the movies from the 80s starring Chevy Chase. This yeah. is starring John Hamm. Oh, yeah, and that's right. It is, it is more like the actual books. Okay. He's still, you know, um, like sarcastic like Fletch, but it's more like the Fletch movies were really, they took the stories by Greg McDonald and really added stuff right. that Chevy Chase wanted. This is really, really close to the books and it was very good i actually ran in it because i we did the books and they're available on audible you can look at the fletch series gregory mcdonald is the name and they're free on audible okay, actually cool. so this is the second book it was it was really enjoyable and there's some great performances marcia gay harden uh john slattery from mad men where there's some great yeah. scenes john ham and john slattery together uh is those available at written now it, it is about to be on Paramount Plus. It was rent on VA. I didn't even know they came. Did it go to theaters? It went to theaters for a week or two. This is the other thing. They just dumped this movie, and it's actually really good. Okay, because I remember seeing previews yeah. for it, and I was like, I oh, that looks pretty good. And I, didn't, I yeah. never saw so it actually it come is, out. <laughs> it, it, is, it should be on Paramount Plus either the next week or two. Okay, that's cool. So when that comes on, I would I would highly recommend it. It is, it is a fun watch, and I hope uh, it's from the director of Superbad. Okay. Greg Matola. So it's 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 very well done, and they want to do more, and I hope they give them. So confess, Fletch. Uh, if you want to wait, I think it's like twenty dollars now to rent. But if you want to wait till it's on Paramount Plus, I think it should be soon. Oh, that's cool. Uh, my second one, uh, and this may be the best show of the year. Uh, Reservation Dogs finished its second okay. season. I cannot recommend this show enough. It's yeah, I didn't another, even like to watch it. I still it's another too. comedy drama. Uh, it's about these four teens that live on a reservation and their friend passes away and their friend got them into movies because he, he wanted to move to Hollywood. Right. And so their whole goal is to move to Hollywood. Well, we're in the second season and it has one of the best finales I've ever seen. I was Ooh. actually tearing up a little bit. <laughs> and it also has some of the funniest it, it, it'll have an episode because, you know, we forget these poor Native Americans, they have it as bad, maybe oh, yeah. worse mm. than anyone. Because you feel for these kids, they, they probably may never get off this reservation. Right. And, like, uh, you'll have an episode where you just feel off for them. And then the next one, there's an acid trip. That's one of the <laughs> funniest things I've ever seen. So I cannot recommend enough Reservation Dogs, the second season. If you have Hulu, it's on there. The third, I'm going to do something similar to what you did a couple of weeks ago. I happened to see uh, a viral video of someone named Gooch from Texas 
complaining about Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, really? That she was so <laughs> offended because it's about witches that eat children, and this is sick. They're the spawn of Satan. And I'm like, have you ever read any children's any fairy children's. tale? I mean, Hans- fairy tales for uh, she. She went viral on Facebook. We know what she was doing. Right. And I will tell you, watch Hocus Pocus 2. Everyone I have heard that actually watched the movie loved it. My my uh, sister-in-law and my sister both raved on it. Felt like the first movie and they loved it. I'm going to watch it now, Miss Gooch. Thank you. So join me. Let's go on D- Disney Plus and watch Hocus and Pocus. Save on Hocus Pocus too, and let's thank Miss Gooch. And if you watch the video, uh, it is hilarious because the way the uh, the way the the, the TV uh, uh, reporter says Gooch, it made me laugh each time. So. <laughs> Hocus Pocus too, let's do it on Disney Plus. All right, uh, I've got three as well. So first, I'm going to recommend. Uh, I watched it Friday night. I watched it again before uh, before House of the Dragon came on tonight. It's just so fantastic. It is Werewolf by Night. Uh, it is the oh, yeah, Marvel. I gotta check that out. It is fantastic. It's only like it's like 50 minutes or something like that. Maybe a little bit less than that when you take out credits and stuff like that. But it is just fantastic. I I like I said this is kind. Of, it feels kind of like this is like just kind of like a a test project. Like maybe okay, do you want more Werewolf by Night? Do you, is this something that people might be interested in? I, I hope I hope this thing takes off because it was so so good. Uh, I mean, it is it's it's all black and white. It has all the feel of like the 30s and 40s horror movies. It Ooh, is. I like the sound of that. It is just so incredibly good. It is one of the best things that that Marvel has done since they opened up Disney Plus. Uh, it is. And who who is the star? Who's the star? Uh, yeah. Uh, crap! I knew to ask me. Uh, uh let's see it's about oh, it's, uh gail garcia yeah gail garcia is bernal it, bernal yeah and we, we we saw him in station age station 11 yeah he was in it and the other uh star is elsa bloodstone who is played by who plays elsa bloodstone uh, laura donnelly who laura donnelly familiar, did you see the afters on hbo uh, when it came out uh, uh-uh. that she's on, she's on that and she's she's really good on that. Uh, or the ever, I guess it was the after. Is that thing? That- oh, I, I don't even. My 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 wife and most of your wives will know her because she's on Outlander. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I've never seen Outlander, but I'll take your word for that. Uh, but yeah, she's she was in the afters. Uh, that thing that HBO did with uh, what's his name from who did the original Avengers. Um. Who was the director of the original Avengers? That so John cool. Favreau. No, 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 no. He didn't do the original. He did. Uh, he did Iron Man. Uh, he uh, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. He's uh, he's problematic now because he's like creepy and stuff. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I gotta, it's, the guy, it's the guy from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, what was his name? Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Thank you. Like I said, she's on. She did a show with him, and like apparently they did like the first half, and they haven't shown the second half yet. But she's fantastic as well. Uh, both of them are just great. They also introduced Man Thing in this. Uh, Man Thing is like Marvel's version of Swamp Thing. 
it like oh, cool. it is just fantastic i absolutely love it like i said i may go watch it again a third time it is that good because i love it so much uh so that's one of my recommendations if you haven't seen if you haven't seen werewolf by night it came out friday night on disney plus go check it out like i said it is fantastic you will enjoy it uh, all 45 50 minutes of it however long it actually ends up lasting uh second also on hulu another hulu thing uh reboot have you heard of reboot i've heard of it but yeah i, I definitely want to check this great out. show great. just great show it's got a great cast it's got uh it's got um key what's his name keegan michael keegan michael key keegan michael key uh he is kind of like the lead uh it's got uh Greer. Yeah, uh, she's in it. Uh, you've got Johnny Knoxville is in it. Oh, my man. Uh, you've got uh, Paul Reiser as kind of is oh, is great. like is like the showrunner for this thing. It is just an absolutely fantastic show. It's it's very meta because it's a show within a show, but it is just really really good. It is absolutely fantastic. I have loved every minute of it. It's only about it's 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 only about 20, 30 minutes every every episode. I think they've done four or five at this point. If I'm I can't remember how many they've done, but it's it's just great. You should need to go watch uh, oh, Reboot. Yeah, I will definitely check it out and my last one i have kind of held up back on it because of the fact that it is network television i'm just not in network television anymore uh but i went ahead and caved in when i was recovering from uh when i was recovering from pneumonia i was like you know what i'm gonna give avid elementary a shot and it is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is absolutely yeah, fantastic. I, I, I'm going to watch it at some point. Too, I watched yeah. the first season. Uh, the first season is really, really good. The second season, they have tweaked just enough to kind of like, it's a little too over the top in the first season, but they tweak it down. They they kind of reel their characters in just a little bit because yeah. like the boss in the first, in, in the first season, like there's no way even like they basically they, they tell from the beginning like she's the reason that she has her job is because she blackmailed the superintendent uh oh and she's awful she's absolutely awful i mean but she's so bad that even that wouldn't like save her yeah in the second season they tone it down and like okay, the, good. they they, they kind of figure out all right maybe we're a little over too over the top for her the person who's the main character is a little too sweet and too bubbly they, they kind of tone her down a little bit too like I said, it is just really, really good. I've been very, very impressed by it. I've been very pleased by it. Uh, my daughter actually was watching it while I was watching it, and she she loved it. So we kind of watched it together. Oh, so good. yeah, That's it's great. it's it's a wonderful show. I've been very impressed. Like I said, I don't like network television, but I love this. It is it is absolutely fantastic. So, all right, uh, I guess that wraps us up for this week. Anything else you want to add before we head off? I just want to tell everybody we appreciate joining us and we'll talk to you next time. And let's watch Hocus Pocus 2 in between. <laughs> That's right. Let's watch Hocus Pocus 2 in between. Uh, real quick, we are going to be, we'll, uh, we've already done our other episodes for this week. So if you haven't ca- caught those yet, uh, go back and check out our review of episode seven of The Rings of Power and our review of episode uh, five of Andor. We'll be covering those next weekend and when, and when we get hopefully back on our regular schedule. So, yeah. Uh, but until then, as always, until next time. May all of your entertainment dreams come true.